podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash deconversion. That's slash so, deconversion. <laughs> we have a code word now. Um, there are over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen on your iPhone, your Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. So I'm Bonnie. And I'm Karen. And this is what we're about. We... No. (laughs) (laughs) We have to not read our cues. What? No. Um, So we like to talk about the humorous aspect of growing up in the evangelical church. And then that kind of uh, segued into talking about the funnier parts of organized religion and talking about the charlatans out there which was a word I'm never comfortable using, only because I never used it. And the con men and the cults. Yep. I can use all those words. Basically, whenever you're organized, just funny stuff can come of it. Not organized. Yeah. Not like people who (laughs) shop at Office Depot, which is my life goal, to be organized and have a bunch of school supplies surrounding me. Yeah, you showed me. But organizations, yeah. You showed me your production schedule today. I know. And the the calendar was quite impressive. I have not even added stickers to our production (laughs) calendar. Because you listeners are curious, uh, you should be very pleased that you don't have to see us. Um, because we've been fiddling around <laughs> with, with, with trying to see each other when we record because Karen's in Tennessee and I'm in Florida. And so we're on a kind of a Skype situation. Um, and I'm not for it. Karen likes I, it. Uh, uh, I have to see. It's good for me to see you so I can see your facial cues. Uh. Although you keep messing with your face right. and trying to make me laugh and all that. But <sighs> and the fun part is I haven't figured out how to enable my part of the screen right. so she can't see me. I can only see her, which is perfect. But here's the yep. fun part. Karen is in a closet for um for acoustic yeah. purposes. Are you, I suppose. I don't think you should talk down to me with people. Don't talk down what? to the person who's <laughs> going to be editing this podcast. Right. Karen is in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Uh, so, um, oh, and the other thing is, even if we don't have video, it's so funny because right before we get to recording, I always think I better go put on a bra. So there's no reason for that, uh, but it just feels respectful. Yeah, good. You're hitting the minimum requirements for decency for the podcast. (laughs) There are no underpants, (laughs) but a bra. (laughs) Uh, We're going to get into talking about the family, which... It's also called The Fellowship, and there's going to be a Netflix series. We'll get to that later. But there were two books that were very impactful when I started deconverting. And one was Misquoting Jesus by Bart Aram or Airman. I don't know. It's got like too many vowels in that last name. But that one, and then The Family by Jeff Charlotte. So we're going to talk about that today, but before we get right into it, did you or didn't you go 
on our sixth grade field trip to D.C. as part of the patrols. No, and I'm still upset about it. And why? Well, we weren't poor, but for some reason, the powers that be, the authorities, decided I wasn't going. And I don't. And that means I, my mom. Your mother? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I okay, can't. Good. I thought you meant like <laughs> the school board or something. If only. But I know if I ask her now, she won't remember. And then, and she'll say what in fact happened was the next year in seventh grade, uh, she took me to D.C. and we went on a trip. So didn't you have a good time then, Bonnie? Exactly, that would be the exact <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and so, if I only knew, I would have just right. saved my money. <laughs> so, yeah. And so in seventh grade, they when you go do something, they have you come back and do show and tell with the class. So in seventh grade, here I go with I went to Washington D.C. and everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, we did that last year. And so they've tuned out. Oh. Yeah. And when I got back, I caught chicken. I had caught chicken box up there. Oh, I remember that. That yeah. was pretty bad because I had them when I was one. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, don't remember, but I remember when you had it. Um, so you did you bring like the frozen ice cream from a Smithsonian being like, this is really going to blow the kids out of the water? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I made choke on my own lisp. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we always we always had astronaut ice cream here at the local science museum. So, but I probably wanted it from from there as well. I just I remember, remember yeah. getting a little um hel- not a helicopter, but a um what are what are the things like a You've got UFOs, you got airplanes, you got uh, whirly gigs. <laughs> it was uh, it was like a propeller blade on a stick and you could yeah, spin yeah. it and it would fly. And so yeah. that was my uh, my remembering Georgetown. Um, I liked $20. Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, when we went with the patrols, Aww. there are a few stories. We rode a train. Oh. I don't. All the way there, I think. And I don't even understand <laughs> what train in Florida we got on that went up to D.C. That's I a nightmare. Yeah. And not only was it a nightmare, but I am going to admit for the first time ever right now that in sixth grade, I peed in my pants <laughs> and on the train instead of getting up. To use the bathroom. On purpose? <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't super lazy. I, I disagree. Was, I, think I, was, <laughs> I think I was so self-conscious because there are boys and I right. like the boys and and everyone is so cool and I wasn't. I was so, like, paralyzed and I had to go to the bathroom and I'm like, I got two choices. <laughs> Most people think I have I have one choice, but I thought I do. Oh my God. So I just went to the bathroom oh and gosh. then I played dumb. Like people were like, "It smells like urine oh, no, and all that," honey. and I was like, "Oh, oh. does it? Oh. oh my gosh!" Oh, I'm um, sorry. 
And my sock blew up because I take it off my socks and I put it beside the chair and the train right. and they had little light bulbs down there <laughs> and it like lit my sock on fire. Um, so it's a traumatic thing all around. But the one thing I learned when we were there is one day they said we're all going to meet whoever the representative from Florida was. We didn't know. We didn't care. Uh Met the person, and then we all ate in this huge cafeteria thing that was sort of a building reserved for delegates and people who visit from Florida. And it was the first time I realized that there were actual physical places other than the Capitol and Lincoln Memorial, that there were physical places that uh, states had paid for, different places had paid for, for these people to meet at, Mm -hmm. which takes me to the family. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to get into all that. This all goes down in D.C. Oh, man, I could have really enjoyed that trip. (laughs) So now that I can see you, you need to grab a cup of tea or make your own bubbly water or whatever you're going to do for this tale. This is going to be in two parts because this story is too incredible and too important for one episode. And we're going to release this on a Wednesday, a really late Tuesday night, and then on a I think it's the ninth, could be the seventh, on Netflix, the person who wrote the book, The Family, Jeff Charlotte, who I was talking about earlier, they are making or have made a documentary that they're airing on Netflix that day. So our second part of this podcast, we're going to do on the following week. All right. So let's go back to 2008. Mark Sanford, do you remember him? He was the uh, GOP dude from South Carolina. And he had told his family and his staff that he was going to go hiking the Appalachian Trail for a few days. Oh, but he didn't. And no one could reach him. Uh And they they were like, okay, that's fine and all that. Um, But when they couldn't reach him at all... They thought, well, this isn't cool because he's the representative. We have to at least have some, you know, touching base. What if something happens here? And they couldn't reach him. But a reporter happened to be at the airport in Atlanta and saw him coming off of the plane in Atlanta Mm -hmm. from Argentina. (laughs) And she knew that he had said he was hiking the Appalachian Trail. So within hours, everyone knew that something was fishy, and he set up a news conference and admitted that he had been having an affair, and he was going down to Argentina every once in a while and whooping it up um, with someone who he, at that point, said was the love of his life or his soulmate. Right. So this news went everywhere. By the way... If I could interject, don't you think anywhere where you are is really not unreachable these days? Isn't that just kind of horseshit? And I ask that because there is somebody who's lovely who we went to high school with 
And her husband used to tell her the same thing when he would travel. He's like, oh, I'm not going to have phone service where I am. But it was because he had a second family going. See, that's just yeah. so much work and <laughs> such so dickheadiness. Yeah, it's just so wrong. But the lie of I'm not reachable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Proceed. And, well, especially from someone of that caliber that probably had, you know, whatever they all get given to be, you know, reachable, super in touch. Yeah. Yes. Well, the next year there was someone, uh, an, another senator, Senator Ensign, who he had the same situation. Both of these guys were part of something called the Family or the Fellowship, which is a religious and political organization that was founded in 1935 by this guy named Abraham Veridi or something. And until um, this next person's death, Doug Coe was the leader of it, and it has many off branches, but one of the things it has is on C Street in Washington, D.C., it has a house where senators and other important people can stay when they're in D.C. at a reduced rate if they are part of the family. And the family's known as, like I said, a Christian organization, but also they do a lot of prayer groups. So their concept is that everyone is divided into cell groups. So we didn't have these at the Baptist church. So I thought it was crazy when I left the Baptist church and everyone was talking about small groups and cell groups. But it would be... Oh, is cell group like a small group? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like we were going to church all those days. Well, then add on yet another time where you meet with your small group to share prayer requests and pray and all this. And so that's how this organization was, is that they would be founded around everyone being in these small groups and accountable to just the men that are in their group. And... Um, but I think these... they, I think I noticed that they have that here at one of the bigger churches because I will always see the same group of like five guys meeting at Starbucks. They love the Starbucks. Well, I mean, and unless <laughs> well, they're else? Yeah. Well, then they can witness to everybody too. And they can talk really loudly about where God's <laughs> led them. Right. And call each other brother <laughs> and, and do the double pat hug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys had their own house that they could go to. And men these, in a house, just that's bad news. Yeah. There is a lot of issues. This organization has been involved in almost every uh, placement or taking out of leaders and dictators, um, policy overseas. Everything for the last 45 years, but they're really quiet and secret until this Jeff Charlotte went there and he wrote a book because he got to stay with them and say, hey, I'm a journalist, and they let him see everything. He got to talk to the leaders. He got to hear things, and nobody else had really heard of this organization until Mark Sanford got caught, and he said that 
his family had told him, you know, instructed him how to handle everything and oh, that he had family, support. the fellowship. Oh, yeah. Not his wife. No, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> he had all the support Ugh. from them, and he had said that he felt like King David in the Bible. So people hearing what does that this, mean? Uh, I'm people, sorry. <laughs> no, no. A lot of people hearing this were like, "Oh yeah, King David. You know, he was a ruler, but he um, he was also sort of bad because he got tempted by a woman, Bathsheba, and okay. he slept with her, and then he killed Bathsheba's husband and all that." So to Christians, people that knew who King David was, they're they're hearing this and they're going, oh, yeah, so what he means is, you know, I'm in a place of leadership and God has blessed me and I'm a man of God, but I've stumbled. <laughs> but right. what the family knows he means, according to Jeff Charlotte, because Jeff Charlotte heard the language that they were speaking and how they use King David, is that he was more saying, but I've been appointed to my position by God. Sure, yeah. So I've done this thing. Right. But that isn't uh, anything that's going to take me out of this position. Right. Or anything that I need to do anything about because, yeah, I've been placed here. So, Bonnie, speaking of the family, I don't know if you know, we're sponsored by Audible now. And for our listeners of the podcast, they can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give it an opportunity and check it out. And you can always cancel whenever you want. Um, So, I recommend that you get the family and listen to it. And it's even read by the author, Jeff Charlotte. I love that. What do you recommend? Well, speaking of being read by the author, did you ever, of course, you read Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris. I did. He's the best. He's the best. And to hear him read his own stuff is great. Um, I'm going to read you one of my favorite bits that he that he wrote and it's just one little simple line but um when it, it this is from the essay called the euthanasia from me talk pretty right. one day as in youth, youth in, in asia <laughs> not what it really should be That's yeah right. but it's about euthanasia because they talks about all of the animals through his life and what happened when they were put down Um, So he says, at the age of seven, the fourth cat was diagnosed with feline leukemia, and his mother was devastated. (laughs) She says, (laughs) I'm going to have Sadie put to sleep, she said. It's for her own good, and I don't want to hear a word about it from any of you, the kids. Um, This is hard enough as it is. (laughs) He goes, the cat was put down, and then came the anonymous postcards and crank phone calls orchestrated by my sisters and me. The cards (laughs) announced a miraculous new cure for feline leukemia, (laughs) while the call Callers identified themselves as representatives of Cat Fancy magazine. <laughs> Quote, we'd like to use Sadie as our cover story, and we're hoping to schedule a photo shoot. Can you have her ready by tomorrow? <laughs> I just love that their family is just so completely, you know, funny. Everything exactly. is oh, in that family. Oh, but then here comes my favorite line from like everything he's ever written. 
Um, he's talking about his own cat here. So he says, a week after putting her to sleep, I received Neil's ashes in a forest green can. She'd never expressed any great interest in the outdoors, so I scattered her remains on the carpet and then vacuumed them up. (laughs) (laughs) But what'd you name her? Neil? Neil, I know. I didn't. Yeah. So you got to get the audio book to find out. No, that's Hugh right now. Oh, that's right. That's you. Okay. Yeah, so you got to get the audio book, and it is a hilarious one. Um, all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash deconversion. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash deconversion for your free audio book. So when Doug Coe, the second dude who ran the organization, took over, he put the organization and made them quieter. They sort of went underground, and he told people, okay, anything you do, even if we finance it, we're not going to have any more letterheads. Everything you do, it's you doing it. Don't Mm -hmm. mention us, all that. So they only do one public event that they started every year, and it's the prayer breakfast. And if you go and listen to any of the prayer breakfasts, in 1985, Ronald Reagan was talking about the fellowship, and he said, I wish I could say more about it, but it's working precisely because it's private. Yeah. And so a lot of... Uh, The people who are in it, of course, know about it, but a lot of other people don't really know that it exists. So when this other guy... Let me just get this straight. So if you're appointed by God to do something, you can mess up as much as you want because you've got tenure somehow. You got it. You've You've got got God tenure. All right. That's it. So their belief is a lot different. They think that there are two sets of rules. God talks to them in a different way than he talks to the rest of us because they're the ones ruling and we're just the underlings. So even if they do things that aren't moral, it doesn't matter because they're building the kingdom of God. They don't believe this is a democracy because they're trying to make it a kingdom. And so that's the whole issue. So everything that they follow and believe, it's from their little cell groups where they pray together and try and listen to God. So like one of the people that they worked with was, um, I think it was Indonesia, I think, had like a Muslim leader. I'm sure we'll get lots of letters saying you're incorrect, Wait, idiot. Let me, let me just interrupt for one second, too, because whenever somebody says, God told me, I think that that, to me, just translate it, translates into, I got an idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they kind of come to you as, oh, I had a revelation. And so if you're inclined to believe in God speaking to you, well, that makes sense. And, well, I think it's also like an epiphany, you know, whenever you get something, you're like, oh, my gosh, I've heard this said a million times, but suddenly it means something to me. It's like an Oprah aha moment. Oh, God, that aha moment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like the word epiphany more, but, yeah, exactly. And so they, there was this leader of, um, 
Indonesia, and he was Muslim, and they met with him, and he was against communism, and he was trying to, and he killed a bunch of people, you know, and all this. <laughs> and the whole idea is that they worked with him, and of course there'd be criticism, like, okay, he's a Muslim, he's not a Christian, he killed people. But their whole idea is that's not what their facts are showing. Their facts are showing that um, this person is in position because God needed th that man in that position at that time to fight communism, which benefits what Jesus said, and it benefits America. So and how America do you explain God's people. Well, funny you should bring that up. <laughs> is it? <laughs> One of the disturbing things that Doug Coe would say and that Jeff Charlotte heard, I think, him say a few times and then he got a few quotes from is that um, he would say, okay, name, you know, some, some great leaders and people would be like, Jesus, and, you know, I don't know, the Martin donor of Chick-fil-A. What? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, I don't know. Whatever it is. And he would say, no, Hitler, Mao, you know, someone yeah. else, Stalin. Right. And people would be shocked, and he'd say, they really understood how to use power, and how to get people to do what they were saying. They did, and, and that's what we talked about with Benny Hinn. Yeah. Same, same techniques. Right. Yeah. So, like, Jeff Charlotte makes it clear, this isn't like a, a weird conspiracy thing. These people don't love Hitler. They're not Nazis. None of that. Right. But they do understand that, Power is the way to create what they want as far as the kingdom of God. Right. And so they're only messing with the top tier and that their fingers sense. in everything. So, but it, it's hard to figure out how they're doing that for good. Okay. Well, everyone's <laughs> good that. is different. So, of course, their good isn't moralistic good. So uh, they keep saying people don't understand the Bible because the Bible, they, the, the people like you and I, and I've believed this for a long time too, read the Bible and go, oh, Jesus came and he was about love. And they're like, no, read it again. Jesus is about power. And so they believe they take the verses where Jesus says, you're either for me or you're against me. Um, turn away from your mother, father, and siblings and follow me. I came with a sword, not a, what else is the good part? A dove. I don't know. But there are different, like, verses and things that Jesus says that aren't at all nice. Or but people keep saying he's about love, and I'm like, it's not. Or as they say on the uh, reality shows, I didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> That's exactly. I came here to win. Uh-huh. Yeah. They should be, well, not that they would ever be on a reality show because politicians don't do. No, I mean Jesus. Don't do. It sounds like Jesus would have said that. <laughs> I was making a joke about The Apprentice. But, yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, 
Okay, so so there was this other guy that lived at C Street in Sign, and he had affairs like the year after Mark Sanford did. And um, he was a part of the fellowship, and he admitted in, in that he had an extramarital affair with another guy who's part of the fellowship's wife. I know. Sure. So that is rude. <laughs> so that is rude. <laughs> and the guy who was also a, a fellow worshiper, his name was Doug Hampton. So the guy was stooping Cindy Hampton. Ugh. And then Doug Hampton, you know, he's the one that really got shafted because they're both members right. of this thing. And the next thing he knows, no one is standing by Doug Hampton. No one's going like, I'm so sorry, and this is terrible, and I can't believe him, and I'm on your side. Yeah. They started to move away from Doug Hampton. Sure. And he had said that it was more about preserving Ensign and preserving the Republican Party and sure. preserving the family than it was about doing the moral or the right thing. Well, that's how the ducks do it. There you go. <laughs> if you back go to back the to the ducks, the, du- the, the man duck, he's like, ah, I'm going to have this family and I'm going to protect them. And, and if I kill somebody else, so what? It's, it's all for the good of the family. That's it. And, I mean, it sounds so sinister when you say the family, but, I mean, a lot of it. Sure, it is. I know. And they've done good. I'm not saying that they, you know, they're not like uh, over a cauldron, you know, with stirring and evil things. That but, we know. Um, yeah. So, it's. They've done it, good? Yeah, uh, they. I think they like planted some flowers, or no? They, no, really. They, they really have like helped in different parts of the world with poverty, um, but the the organization is like many other Christian organizations in that its main focus is to build the kingdom of God on earth. Just to give you a small little thing, I'll read this off of the Wix. <laughs> The fellowship has funded the travel expenses of members of Congress to various hotspots throughout the globe. Now, think of this as why would people go to these places? Who are they talking to? And are these government, you know, sanctioned things? Are their state paying for it? But no, this is paid for by this Christian organization. So... Uh, Robert Adderholt, um, these are all Republicans, let's just skip to that part, even though there are some Democrats, sorry, that are in the organization too. Adderholt uh, was sent to Darfur, Tom Coburn to Lebanon, Adderholt again went to the Balklands, um, Car- uh, Representative Carter and Pitts went to Belarus in 2002. Uh, Representatives Wolf and Hall and Joe Pitts traveled to Afghanistan and Pakistan. They just went there? On a fact, they get sent by the family. So they went there on a fact-finding congressional trip, although it's funded by the family. 
uh, meeting with leaders of both Muslim countries, of both Pakistan and Afghanistan. And according to Representative Pitts, he said, the first thing we did when we met with the Afghan president, Karzai, and then Pakistan President Musharraf was to say, quote, we're here officially representing Congress. We'll report back to the speaker, our leaders, our committees, our government, but we're here also because we're best friends. We're members of the same prayer group. <laughs> so they all are making these behind-the-scenes, you know, um, little deals of where they're going to go next, what they're going to do next, and how they're going to accomplish things. So I was listening to one podcast, Mm -hmm. and the interviewer said, okay, well, you know, this whole philosophy of theirs is going to put them in bed with some pretty dastardly immoral people in power. But they're in power, so it doesn't matter. Right. And this was way before Trump. So the idea when people are like, how can evangelicals, you know, support him? And this is exactly what so few are understanding is that they're right. It's trickled down fundamentalism. They've made the decision that people get in power because of God. So when Trump got in, especially against all odds, against all those polls, they knew it was God. It does not matter what he does at all. He is there to build the kingdom of God, and the ends justifies the means. So they will support him, and when they support him, then their followers do, and all these people who have brains, but for some reason they're just hearing all this other stuff, you know, it's all because the pastors are listening and meeting with these representatives and feeling, oh, well, I might have a little power. Oh, look, my representative's meeting with me, and oh, he's all about Trump. I'm going to go back to my congregation and tell them, you know, so I was meeting with my friend Jeb and blah, 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 you know, how they brag. And then the next thing, you know, so why are they this such is what's happening in the Obama. States. I guess God didn't really want him in there. Well, that can maybe go back to racism, which I never <laughs> thought like, oh, that can't be racism. People are being crazy. But then oh, I'm no. like, am I dumb? I think I'm <laughs> that dumb. That was the fantasy to get to criticize a black man, but put it under the criticism of the president. Oh, all the yeah. hate was just, yeah. oh my gosh, look what we can do. This is fantastic. I know. Um, and I think that's but the that's, thing. I think that they can totally also be like, oh, well, no, we're going to take down this person. Um, because, like Obama or whatever, they still feel that they can do that, although they have said that they're in power because God appointed them. So there's definitely a little wiggle room for their philosophy. This I totally is just agree. Spin. <laughs> what you is? can just spin anything you want into the argument exactly. to I know. keep you in power because I, I, how many women are part of this family? Let me guess. Well, Very few, but there are some women associated with it and with Doug Coe, and one of those is Hillary Clinton. 
and they and it, so NBC had um, Jeff Charlotte on. Jeff Charlotte, who wrote the books, also been on. He he's a writer for Rolling Stone, but what other? Not the Atlantic. Some other good one. Not Vanity Fair. What is his name? I Jeff don't Charlotte. Know. Yeah. S H. A-R-L-E-T-T. But he um, has been on NPR twice, oh, at you're least, right. for this Stone. book. And But what's the other one, too? Harper's, Virginia Quarterly. Harper's. New York Times. Yes, so he wrote, yeah, he wrote in Harper's about this. And L.A. Times has done a big thing about the family because... The organization dumped all their files at, I think, Wheaton College, which is an evangelical college. And, you know, colleges take all these official documents and keep them in their things and blah, blah, blah. And so he went and dug through them, and so did the L.A. Times. They were disorganized. They found (laughs) everything, the financial records, who was going where, And then after their articles and the book came out, they put parameters on it. So now you can just see some of the stuff. But luckily, LA Times and Jeff Charlotte had revealed a lot of it. And one of the big things that came out of it was the house on C Street because it used to be a convent and then it got (laughs) turned into housing. Sure. Where these these reps can live for, you know, a few bucks when they're in town, and it's tax-deductible. Of course. Yes. So then people in D.C. got upset about that, and um, the government, you know, organization for housing retracted their their tax-free thing. But, yeah, so everything they're doing is all under this whole idea of money is power, power is power, Jesus wants power. Um, And it works very well with everything they're doing. Um, But yeah, NBC, I think, had done something on Jeff Charlotte and the whole C Street thing, and they actually interviewed Hillary Clinton um, because she had said how Doug Coe had been a friend to her, and she had gone to some of the Bible studies, because they have, like, an open Bible study for anyone... Who's in power. That's in power. (laughs) In power. In D.C. Once a week, and they also have an open dinner for anyone in power. Um, And... So I think she had been to a few of those Bible studies and had said how wonderful he was. And then NBC sort of said, well, you know, you know that he was part of this and this and this. And she started stepping back and she just said, I never gave money to that organization. (laughs) Um, And so everyone is sort of caught up in it. But one of the big things that they were doing a few years ago is what we've seen in Uganda with the laws against being gay, being found out to be gay, or not reporting a family member that's gay, Mm -hmm. is all started from the family. They sent people over there, and that's where it originated from. 
So they've been doing all these sort of like Christian black ops for years. Mm. And because it's all quiet, they don't like to say they're secret, but they're quiet. No one knows. And in fact, they're sort of down on church. Um, and that was a funny thing. Jeff Charlotte was like, yeah, it's sort of funny. These these guys are, you know, they don't really attend church, and none of them have read the Bible. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. But what a great spin so, to have that power is next to godliness. Yeah, because that's what, you know. You, and they think they're honestly doing good. And he no, was don't. saying they don't think... <laughs> That they, you know, it's all relevant to what they believe is what's important. But their whole philosophy is if you're in a little cell group and you're praying and one feels God has told you to put in, and I'm making this up, I don't know if this is him at all, a bathroom bill so transgenders, you know, can't go in their identified um, bathrooms and schools. Say one guy says that, then the other people in his cell groups fall in behind and support regardless. Uh-huh. So well, that's, it sounds to know, me like it's a reason. great way to figure out how to keep people down and how yep. to keep the middle class from expanding yep. and sustaining themselves. They don't care. And that it's all, yeah, built around this and... That Jeff Charlotte was saying, you know, the weird thing is the media hasn't done their job because the media is there. They're seeing these things happen in D.C. And they are like, oh, that person has extremist Christian beliefs or this person is doing this because of, you know, their Christian base. But he said what they don't understand and what a lot of journalists traditionally don't understand is religion. They just understand the politics of it, but they don't they they don't have enough understanding of how religion is really working into almost every story they're doing. So they just cover it in like a very general way. Right. Cuz they don't Yeah. Cuz I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you ever heard from God, but I would feel like God was giving me direction here or there. And, like, you feel it to your bones. Well, there were things that I felt to my bones in my life, and 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 I just knew that they would happen. Um, but I don't really know where it came from. And, yeah. and some things like that include uh, places that I've moved, like moving to Los Angeles. Um, when, when I wanted to be transferred to New York, I just knew it would happen. I wasn't sure yeah. how. Um, little things like that, you know, where I went to school, I just, I just, something clicked over in my thought process and, you know, I can easily see saying, oh God, God told me to leave this Baptist college. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And And go go out out into the the world world and be a good witness. So, uh, we would love it if you rated us and reviewed us on whatever method you use to listen to a podcast. Those are called podcatchers. <laughs> That's right. Um, so apparently that helps people find us if we have more ratings and more reviews. Um, 
I really liked the last review that we got. Did you talk about that on the show? I don't know if I did. Well, say but it again. It's hilarious. I, I've got to pull it up. That was somebody so I, saying that. Do you want me to say it? I've got the exact. Okay. Yeah. I think this is some guy that I met in a forum that when he saw what we were doing said, religion and comedy, I don't see how that can work. And then he gave us a review. And in the podcast subject line, review line, he just wrote, podcast review subject line. (laughs) And then he wrote, I went into this with real low expectations and these chicks totally exceeded them. (laughs) I think you did mention it last time, but it still makes me laugh. It's still good. (laughs) So, uh, yes, if you could rate us and review us, that'd be great. Subscribe. That's important. Karen tells me. It's so important because, yeah, uh, we are, quote, judged and get sponsors and are able to do this longer if we have the finances. And all that starts with people subscribing and telling people about it because then people see our numbers and they're like, sure, we'll sponsor you. Yeah, and it's great because it's a free thing. That's good That's for you. Right. That's right. Don't feel you. guilty now. <laughs> Hours of labor. Um, and also, we've got a great group on Facebook going. It's a secret group. So you can come in and say anything about the religious experience that you want. And recently, everybody put pictures of their pets up. So that was awesome. It was such cute ones. That one's just called deconversion therapy. So just look for that, and you'll see that you have to ask to join it, and that would be the right one. Yeah, I liked that picture of the dog who was hiding behind the cushion. <laughs> I know. Who she said was a Maybe butthead. We'll do that. we got to do that every week just to, like, get that breath of fresh air after all the chaos that happens in this country. I know. I continue to get my news from Seth Meyers. About, That's a good idea. About the debates that happened. Right. I haven't watched them at all. So uh, we're all going to watch The Family on Netflix. And hopefully we'll all have some things to talk about. Feel free to write us about your take on, on the show if you watch The Family. Sure, we'll read that online. Go to our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com. You can send us a funny letter because we're about to do another letter sode where we read things that happened to you growing up in church or just related to religion, any religion that's true and humorous. We're going to be doing that um, in a few weeks, so send those in. But yeah, if you watch the Netflix thing, send us anything you want to say. And maybe we'll read it. Yeah. There you go. So have a great week. And Karen, I will be praying for you. And don't be a shit pile. Goodbye. Bye.